Praise the Lord. You may be seated. It's so good to be back in the house of the Lord. I say that a lot, but I really have a new uh, uh, feeling when I say that, a different feeling when I say it feels good to be in the house of the Lord. For many of us, it's been several weeks, months since we've been in the house of the Lord in the, in the structure like this and still have limited people, but uh, know that we have a great opportunity today to share God's word. Uh, I want to start off today just with a short introduction. Uh, today is the day before Memorial Day. Tomorrow we will celebrate uh, the fallen soldiers who have died and given their life for our safety and our security in this country. Um, if you just take a moment and, and think about those lives, all the lives, for us a lot of times it's just a number, but for families it's much more. Memorial, uh, when you look it up in a dictionary, it says something, especially a structure established to remind people of a person or an event. We today want to focus on the fallen, remember those who've fallen. But when I, when I say that, I have to, you have to understand where this comes from. Three and a half years ago, it, was, it came from a different place. Still loved our soldiers, still appreciated our soldiers. But when my son made the decision to go into the Army, I got a new respect for what that meant. Just to start out, my, my son, uh, hopefully he's watching online today, and uh, I think he already knows I love him, but I'll, I'll just reiterate the fact that he means so much to me. When he left to go, I remember hugging him for the last time and didn't know what that was going to feel like to say goodbye to my son. He called the first time, and I remember he was in a rush. His mother and I were together when he called, and he, did, he had uh, less than five seconds to say, I'm here, I'm okay, I love you. And his mom was just all in tears, and I was close to it as well. And that's all we had was, I'm okay, I love you, and bye. We, we have to understand that families who have uh, uh, family members or, or uh, uh, mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles who see these people go off to the Army or Navy or Air Force or other branches of service, they're sacrificing. They're lending their family to us for our security. And I remember when uh, the first time I seen him and I embraced him, it was a whole new respect for my son and our relationship. But, you know, there's others that don't have that opportunity. I heard a, a, a famous preacher say one time, uh, uh, told a story, a true story, of a mother who was washing the dishes and got a, a knock on the door, and she went to answer the door. And it was a person dressed real nice and said, I'm sorry to inform you, but your son has died. Her son was in the Army, and she just fell apart. And for three days she cried. The man said that she cried so much that she, she couldn't compose herself. She was uh, just tore, tore to pieces, and rightfully so. Then she got a call after that three, day, three days was up, and it was a familiar voice on the other end of the phone. It was her son. The Army had made a mistake. He, did, he was in the accident, but he didn't die. And the mother couldn't believe that that was the voice of her son, and finally he convinced her that it was a mistake, and that although he was hurt, he was fine. He was going to be coming home. Can I tell you the roller coaster of emotion that must have been for that mother? But not all mothers get that second call. 
A lot of them got the first knock at the door and had to deal with that lost son or lost daughter. Can I tell you, when we start to talk about Memorial Day, it means a lot more to me and I'm sure it does to you. I have a deep found respect for those who serve our country. And I just want to have a, a moment of silence before uh, we get into the message. And I also want to recognize a couple other groups. Our law enforcement uh, put their lives on the line for us as well. And we have missionaries who right now are being persecuted, putting their lives on the line to spread the gospel. So let's remember these as well. Uh, the focus I know is on our soldiers, but let's don't forget to remember these as well. If we could, let's just take a moment of, of silence before we pray. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for that. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you this morning thanking you, Lord, for all those that you gave a desire to serve, Lord, in, in the Army, in the, in the Navy, the Air Force, all the different branches of the military, Lord, and those that have laid their li lives down for us and our freedoms, Lord. We don't want to take that uh, lightly, Lord, but we want to recognize those, Lord, who have given their lives for us. Lord, I pray, God, this message, as we start to develop this message and you bring it out, the scriptures that you've laid upon my heart, I pray, God, that we will be drawn to you closer than ever before, Lord. You'll light something in our heart, Lord, and in our, in our spirit that would just put us on fire, Lord, that we would want to serve you more, Lord, and, and Lord, be uh, more dedicated, Father. And I just pray, God, that this message would encourage this morning. Lord, for all that are here today, Lord, I pray a blessing. And all those who are uh, joining us online, I pray, God, you bless those homes as well. Father, we love you and praise you and thank you for all you do. We're going to be careful to praise you for us in Christ's name. And amen. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to Joshua chapter 3? We're going to stick with the theme of memorial. Today is the day before we celebrate Memorial Day. Many will uh, cook out, maybe have a picnic, spend time with your family. But we want to remember that there's a spiritual aspect of this as well. So I'm going to hopefully bring out exactly what God's given me to bring out. And I hope it's clear and understandable. I hope you get something out of it this morning. I want to thank Pastor Don and Sister Carol for allowing me to uh, uh, bring the word this morning. What a great honor it is uh, to bring the Word of God. Any opportunity we have to do that, we want to take advantage, and I thank them both. Joshua chapter 3, verse 3. If you'll turn there with me. So before we get into this scripture, let me just say, back in Deuteronomy, we find that Moses died. Joshua comes on the scene. And he, he was leading Israel into the promised land. God gave him strict instructions, direct instructions on how he was to do that. Chapter 3, verse 3 says, And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. So they were on one side of the Jordan, and across this uh, fast-moving River. They had to cross this body of water and get to the other side. 
God had a plan to show his power. But not only to show his power, to have that experience live on. For we understand that an experience lasts for a moment and then it moves on. But God didn't want them to forget what was happening here at this place. Verse 12 of the same chapter says, Now therefore take ye twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And it shall come to pass as, as soon as the, uh, as soon as the, if I can read here, sorry, souls of the feet of the priest that bear the ark of the, ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the water of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above. They shall stand upon a heap. Let me explain what that means. The same way when Moses was in that place where he had to cross, and he was at the Red Sea, and, he, and God divided the Red Sea, the same thing happened at this time. God allowed them to see this and walk across on dry land. Okay, so he said when he, when he says they stand uh, upon a heap, he's talking about the water here. Then verse, uh, I'm sorry, verse 1 of chapter 4 says, And it came to pass, listen very closely, when all the people were clean, when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake upon jo uh, Joshua, saying, Take ye twelve men, and he, he, he said exactly what he told him to say. Twelve men out of tribes of a man, and command ye them, saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood from twelve stones, stood, stood firm, twelve stones. He told them to take twelve stones, and this is what it was. And I won't read the whole thing, but I'll just explain it to you. Each one was supposed to take a stone and take it to the other side of Jordan and make a monument, make a, a place of remembrance. And what he did was they, they stacked these stones one upon another. As a, as a reminder to the children what God had done that day. Does that, does that ring a bell in your head of some other point of Scripture in the New Testament that God did the same thing? I want to highlight that. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 14 through 18, this is what Jesus was. Listen to what he said. And they said, some say that thou, when he asked who did men say he was? Jesus was asking the question. He said, and they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, very important question, but whom say ye that I am? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Then he said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjonas, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto, the, unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now listen to what he was saying. What, what was the revelation that he was saying here? That he was the son of the living God. He said he was the cornerstone that the builder rejected. Is that what he said? That's what he said. He was the cornerstone that the builder rejected. He said, I am the son of the living God. This was a revelation that every one of us have to understand that if we don't believe he's the son, we can't be saved. 
when they took these rocks out of the midst of the Jordan and they stacked these rocks up, their children and their children's children would look at these rocks and as a reminder to say, this is what happened on this day. Are we, this is a question I want to pose to everybody that's listening to this sermon. Can we say the same for our children? Are we posing that question to our children? Or, our, or rather, is our, are our children posing that question to us? Do they see in us these stones? Do they see in us this uh, cornerstone Jesus? Can they see in us a difference in the world? Will they ask a question and say, why are you different? What happened here? What changed here? The same way when they seen them pile of rocks and say, what is the purpose of these rocks? I wonder if our children ask the same uh, question to us. What has happened in your life? What is different in your life than the lives of my friends' parents? And if they're not, they should be asking that question. Because when we accept Christ as our Savior, when he comes into our heart and he changes our lives, we should be that, a change. A change not only for our family, but for the community, for the world. That's what is the main thing of what Joshua was showing. And we know the story of Joshua, what happened with Joshua. Went to Jericho and did mighty things and mighty works. But can I tell you, going all the way back to Jordan, it started at that transition from one side of Jordan to the other. And we're in the same boat. We went from one side of Jordan to the other. We went through a transition. We were in a place without God. We were in a place where we didn't know God. And that transition for us is that they went into the promised land. Our promised land is our Savior, Jesus Christ. To know Him, to abide with Him. How great it was on that day for me. And I know it was for you. Can I tell you, when Joshua made that trip, one of the key words that I highlighted in the scripture was, He said, when they were clean, when they were clean. There's something that's, I think, missing in today's church. It's it's the standard that God has. Not my standard, not your standard, not uh, another person's standard, but God's standard. We have missed that and taken that away, and no longer do we have the standard of the Word. But we have everybody's opinion and everybody's stance of what they want to do and what should be done. You know what we should be doing? What God says do. That's what we should be doing. And that's what Joshua said. When we think about the Ark of the Covenant, I want to just paint this picture just briefly of what it must have looked like having the Ark of the Covenant come in this structure with the seraphims looking at each other. And if you study what the Ark of the Covenant was, his presence was abiding between the Ark of, uh, uh, in the Ark of the Covenant between the seraphims. We find that in Exodus. And we we understand that his presence was there among the people. Can I tell you, it's no different that day to this, other than we don't have to wait on a priest, a Levite, to bring the Ark of the Covenant. He's here with us now. He's here with us now. We don't have to wait on it. You know, they say when the the water's troubled, guess what? The water's been troubled since the day that he he, he rose from the dead by God, and it hasn't stilled yet. Understand what I'm saying? His healing power is the same and as fresh as the first day as it is right now today. What, whatever you need from the Lord, you can get from the Lord. Whether it be peace, whether it be substance, whether it be healing, God is that for you. 
You have to take it. You have to receive it. But understand, and, and this is, I don't want to get too deep into this, but when he said be clean, I think we, we may lose that understanding in today's church, in the seeker-friendly church that says, do whatever you want to do. Live ever how, how you want to live, and it'll be okay. That's just not the case. We still have a standard of living that the Word sets forth for us, and we must see that as important. To reiterate this, Joshua said in them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord, uh, your God, into the midst of the Jordan, and take ye every man uh, a stone on their shoulder. Can I tell you, when we see that, when I, when I see that when he says, Take those on your shoulder, it takes me, and this may not be rightfully in the right place, but it takes me back to the crucifixion. When Jesus on his shoulder took that cross, he took that cross, that heavy burden, and he carried that cross for you and I. And when he died on that cross for our sins, our sins were forever nailed to that cross. And then our place is to accept him as our Savior. And I, I would that we all see that through this. I, I like the part where he said he got through on the other side on dry ground. He moved the obstacle from the wilderness to the promised land. Can I tell you, our obstacles have been moved, removed. A lot of times in life we look and say, I would do this, but I would get uh, uh, this repair done on my car, but I don't have the funds. Or I would uh, pay for this surgery, but I don't have the money. Can I tell you, all of our obstacles have been removed. We have no obstacles between where we are and where we need to be. The only obstacle is our own self. Can I tell you, they had to take the steps into the Jordan. They had to take the steps across the Jordan. And this is a, a, a huge part of this uh, illustration or, or this account of what happened. They stacked these stones up, and their children asked the questions, and then they had to answer. They had to give the illustrations of what happened. They had to give the account of what happened. Because what would happen if they didn't, if they stopped, if it stopped with that generation, the next generation that asked, nobody would be able to tell them. We have to make sure that the church is a place just like those stones where you see it and you tell the story. Can I tell you, when, when I come to church, I don't want to be head held low, upset, bound up. And if I am, I have to know that God has the answer here. God has the answer here because there's people who love me here. There's people who care about me here. Can I tell you, when we come to church, I, I re, and, and this is where, when we talk about Memorial Day, we talk about what was, what's, what, what, what once was. Those stones are what once was. I heard a lot of stories about the good old days. Some, some think I started Bethel four or five years ago, started coming here. My mom said the first time I ever came to this church at the old church was when she was pregnant with me. Many probably didn't know that. I've been at this church since I was in my mother's womb. I came and visited this church. And she said, that's why I've done fairly well in life, because the seeds were planted from Bethel. That's what she told me. And can I tell you, it, it, it brings it full circle that I didn't know that. I, I found that out later, but that I've been coming to this church when I was in my mother's womb. Can I tell you, it's important that we don't look at what used to be. I can tell you some stories about church. I can tell you some stories about an old friend named Stuart Acock when, before he was a pastor. And we were just uh, seeking the Lord and 18-year-old and young men just 
full of zeal and, and passion and excitement. Can I tell you, that doesn't have to die. Age doesn't have to take the zeal away. Age should just reconfirm in us the God that we serve. Can I tell you, those old services, the, the ones you, you talk about where the kids fell asleep and they slept under the, the pews, some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and, and they, Neil raised his hand because he used to sleep under the pew, I'm sure. And, and, and some of us have done the same. Where we'd be in service so long, the young children would go under the pew and go to sleep. Where are those days? Where are the days where we lingered? I told the story uh, before where Jamie, when I first got saved, I told Jamie I was going witnessing after church. This was before we had lunch. Now, our church lit out about 12, 15, and then we had a routine. We went and got our chicken, and we ate. And I told Jamie, I said, I'm staying here, and I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to go witness. And she said, well, you go right ahead. I'll come pick you up. I'll be back to get you. And she left me at church, and I went knocking on doors. Can I tell you, where is the dedication? And I'm not saying from the church, because let me tell you, it always seems when I'm ready for revival, nobody else is. And then when everybody else is ready for revival, I'm not ready for it. Can I tell you, revival doesn't start with the church. We are the church. It starts in individuals and the fire continues on. If I'm waiting for somebody else to get on fire for God, I'm waiting for the wrong thing. I don't want to remember when we talk about Memorial Day. I don't want to remember what used to be. I want to live in the now and let it be now, today. I don't want to hear the stories about how people were healed. I want to see people healed. He's the same God today as he was yesterday. And he's going to be the same God tomorrow. I didn't even want to mention the name coronavirus because I'm sick and tired of hearing that. Get more attention for coronavirus than we do Jesus. Can I tell you, he was here before Corona 19. COVID 19 was here, and he'll be here after COVID 19's gone. That's the only constant we find in the world. I'm going to live a, a, a determined amount of years, and then I'm going to be gone. But Jesus will remain. Can I tell you, we need to focus on what will remain. We need to focus on what's important. So when we talk about remembering and bringing back to our memory of things, it's good to testify of what used to be. But when we testify what used to be, it should be what's going to come next. So you tell me somebody was healed, I want to see somebody healed. You tell me somebody got out of a financial burden, I want to see somebody else get out of a financial burden. That's awesome to hear what's happened, but I want to see it from my own eyes. How many of you can say the same? Preacher came one time and said, just briefly, he said he saw uh, a place when he was growing up that they would uh, burn the trash, and uh, when they pushed the trash off the cliff, the fire would fall down, and uh, it would bring many spectators, because it was amazing at night to see all the, the light show and the fire falling. And they closed this place down, and the man didn't know, and he brought his son to show him where the fire fell. And he said, I'm sorry, sir, the fire doesn't fall here anymore. Can I tell you, the church doesn't need to be that. The fire fell at the church at one point, let's let it fall again. I don't want to hinder what the Lord's doing today, and I know you don't either. We need to know that the Lord is doing a great and mighty work today. Not yesterday, but today. He's doing it today. And I'm closing. When we talk about revival, we talk about the stone. We talk about the importance of these stones that were placed. 
We have to understand the last part of this message is important. We talked about individuals being revival. We talked about individuals being the ones that are going to set things ablaze. That it wasn't going to be, it's going to be the Lord and the Holy Spirit, but it's going to be working through people like me and like you. But the Bible has a, 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 something in place for the ones that won't praise Him, refuse to praise Him. Luke 19 and 39 and 40 says, And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. I used to have a stone in my pocket. I don't carry it anymore, but I used to have it in my pocket. And it wasn't, it was just a, something that somebody real close to me gave to me to remind me that if I don't praise them, the stones will cry out in my place. And I'm not going to have a stone cry out in my place. I don't know about you, but a stone will not cry out in my place. I have a voice and I have breath in my body. God has blessed me to praise him and I'm going to praise him. While I'm here on this earth, I don't know how much longer I have, but I'll tell you why I'm here, I'm going to praise him. The Bible says in Psalms 103 and 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We talk about the Lord blessing. Can I tell you, you hear it all the time, especially in the South. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Can I tell you it's a real thing that the Lord blesses? Can I tell you God's favor is a real thing? That his favor, when we experience his favor, it's a great thing. And when I say that, I say it in this way. You know, somebody talks about how hard it is to serve the Lord. And another person says that, you know, it's a sacrifice and this and that and the other. And I understand that. Don't make little of that. Don't make light of that. But the truth is, is the blessing of the Lord outweighs any suffering that we have. The Bible says the, the suffering of this time is not worthy to be, worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed through us. Can I tell you today, I want you to think about three things. I want you to think about Joshua. I want you to think about those stones that God led him to pile up on the other side. I want you to think about our Savior, Jesus Christ, and how he is the cornerstone. I want you to think about the stone that will cry out in your place if you don't worship him. Most of all, I want us to remember and recall that Today on this Memorial Day weekend, before Monday, I want you to recognize and realize that there are ones that are giving their lives that you might have a peaceful, free America. And let's honor those. Let's honor the families that send their loved ones off to fight for us. I, I for one, want to just say thank you. Thank you to my son. Thank you to Jacob. Thank you to all the ones in the church. Brian, uh, and I think there's many more that have served. Uh, ones that are serving currently, thank you for your service. And I pray that we don't have to celebrate you in this way. Um, but if you, if you must give your life up for our freedom, we will honor you. We will thank you. I, I tell you, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing, but we thank the Lord for these, these ones. God bless you. Let's pray and uh, uh, close out in uh, uh, the sermon part of this before we go into uh, one more song or a few more songs. Father, we thank you, Lord.
for those who have given their lives for us. We honor those, Lord, that have paid the ultimate price. We thank you, Lord, for sending your son, Jesus, to die for our sins. We also, Lord, want to recognize that no stone will cry out in our place. We're going to praise you while we have breath in our body to praise you. Not according to what man says, but according to what your word says. Father, we love you, we praise you, and thank you for all you do. I pray for those that are at home today. Lord, I pray, God, that we'll be back together soon. I pray, God, for the ones that are here, Lord, that you'll bless them, Lord. Lord, we just be careful, Lord, to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for us in Christ's name we pray. And amen.